Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 323, covering Fight or Flight and Strange New World. Hi, friends. We're back again. It's it's week two of Enterprise. Yep. Um, that better? Would you uh, we I would say we get a good one and a bad one. So yeah, which is I, typically, according to our listeners, our our best uh, our best episodes. Yeah. No, I will say this. I uh, legit enjoyed the first episode of this the first episode of Enterprise that we did this week. Uh, I don't know that I go as far as to say it was an unqualified hit, but it definitely had a lot going for it. I. I don't know about a like. I definitely wouldn't compare it to the finest episodes of Star Trek, but I will say I was engaged with it for most of it. Yeah, um, it, didn't, it didn't bore me. It had it some didn't good bore me. Stuff. I was interested. Yeah, you know, um, it wasn't but, perfect, but I had some serious fundamental problems with it, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh yeah, uh, let me let me tell you what happened in Fight or Flight. Yeah, give us the old synopsis. The old summary. The Enterprise crew is getting restless because they've been driving around in space for a few days and they haven't seen any aliens yet, which would make sense in our actual reality, given that space is mostly, you know, space. But in fairness, this isn't reality. This is the Trek universe where you can't swing a cat's paw without hitting a few uh, new life forms or new civilizations. So, yeah, what gives? Where is all the cool space stuff? Finally, they spot a derelict ship with no detectable life signs. Paul advises caution, what with this being an unknown ship in unknown space and all. Maybe it's poison. Maybe the floor is lava. Or the guys in the ship aren't friendly. Or any one of another, any dozen possibilities, legitimate threats. Maybe we send over a probe or something first. Naturally, Archer does the exact opposite of this and charges right the fuck on over there. Not because it's sensible, but literally because it's the thing Paul told them they shouldn't do. It's really too bad Vulcans aren't good liars, because T'Pol's best course of action would be to tell Archer to do really stupid, impulsive things that a petulant, impatient child would do. The ship, it turns out, is full of corpses hanging from hooks because Bran and Braga. Hoshi, whom you will remember from last week's episode, isn't super keen on all this space stuff, is a little unsettled by this. So Archer yells at her for that, in front of everyone. He also yells at T'Pol some more, for good measure. Then the aliens who perpetrated tedious, tiresome serial killer scenario number six return to finish the job and discover that humans contain the same delicious neck juice that they were trying to harvest from these guys. Hoshi manages to contact more of the victim race's people to rescue them, completely saving the day, despite Archer barely pausing from yelling at her to take a breath to resume yelling at her. Also, Hoshi briefly adopts a slug, whom I personally believe would make a better captain of the ship than its current captain. Mm-hmm. Really taking a shine to old Hoshi. Yeah, I, I liked her. Like, uh, and we have some problems with it. This is your Oh, yeah, thing. I'll get to that in a sec. Well, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, I really wish it wasn't Hoshi who was completely terrified of being out here. Like, I like the character, and I think it's a good idea to have somebody who is not the biggest fan well, of being shanghaied into space. She feels like a lot of what they were trying to do with Barkley, only not quite as irritating. Like, they've, mm. they've smoothed out some of the problems with Barkley while still giving you, like, a person who suffers from anxiety, a person to relate to. 
Exactly. But like the show's super short on women and having yeah. the only the other one scream like Willie Scott because she saw some dead bodies is not the best fucking uh, way to go about it. Now, when I read this in your notes, I had to look up Willie Scott because I couldn't remember. That's uh, that's Mrs. Spielberg from Temple of the, Doom. Yeah, who spent all of Temple of Doom screaming. No, it's, it's a great reference and I should have caught it. That's on me. But, yeah, uh, I'm actually surprised. I've seen Temple of Doom like twice. I've seen all the other indie movies way more. I just mm-hmm. that that one's not really my favorite. Temple of Mo- Doom is not as bad as you think it is. It's not great. It's still the weakest of those movies. Oh. Um, I think that it is as bad as I think it is, but I think it's mostly because of her. Short Round is the one I thought I would hate, and I actually like him. Oh, Short Round's great. Yeah, I thought a uh, kid sidekick and screaming like panicky woman. Great. This is just double terrible. And no, the kid sidekick's actually cool. Indiana Jones, like, this is getting completely off topic, but Indiana Jones is a character who works well with a kid sidekick, as long yeah. as that kid sidekick is not terrible. Yeah, he's competent and helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right that, uh, and we I pointed this out last week, and we'll probably point it out again, there's only two women, and there's only one human woman, like, yeah, exactly. in the main cast. Like, there's there's plenty of, you know, no-name crewmen. Like, but she's it and she shouldn't be the one that's you know scared of everything i was thinking about this like there like this is a conscious this is a conscious decision by the writing staff because all of these characters it doesn't matter what gender they are like you like really just you could swap any of these guys for each other and it yeah really so matter. far there's nothing inherently male or female about any of them you're right yeah like you could easily like swap hoshi and reed's gender and it wouldn't uh-huh. fucking matter Nope, and it would help with our uh, uh, read trip situation. Which continues to go on. It definitely does. Fucking, man, if you don't open your mouth and either have one of two accents, I have no idea which one you are. Well, and we're, uh, we, when we do our, like, we watch these separately. I've, I've explained this before. We watch these separately and t- do our notes and everything, and then we watch them again together. Mm-hmm. And on that second viewing, I have the mute uh, on so I can hear Matt and so that I can't hear the theme song. Cause, <laughs> More importantly. Yeah. I want to hear what Matt has to say, but I also really never want to hear that song again if I can help it. I probably will, but I'm going to try real hard not to. So you're um, saying you don't have faith of the heart. I do not. I have no faith of the heart. I don't, I'm not even sure I have a heart. So I definitely don't have faith of said. So um, you might have a total eclipse of the heart, though. Um, No, because that implies my heart will one day emerge from the shadow of the moon and I will have a heart again. <laughs> I'm more like the Tin Man. Oh, Yeah. I'm okay with that, though. I mean, like, of those guys, like, you know, you could do worse. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the best choice. He's nobody basically wants a to, robot. Yeah, nobody wants to be a fearful lion. No, and you need a brain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I made the right choice. Um, but no, I, like, because I have it on mute, I can't, like, I don't have the crazy accents. So I, yeah. I have a much harder time unless trips down in engineering and, and uh, uh, Malcolm's doing, you know, weapon stuff. I, I can't tell. Yeah. If they're in the captain's quarters, oh. I mean, which one are you? Yeah. But no, you're, you're right about Hoshi being, you know, like, she she carries a lot on her shoulders because, like, when you're the only woman, you can't basically represent all the women. And that sucks. Exactly. And it's unfair, but that's how it works. And you need more to make it better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's not the best. Eh, not, not so much. Um, I do like her, though. Like, Oh, God, yes. I, I like I say I feel like they took a lot of uh, the Barkley stuff and made it better. Mm. Um, I totally get just she's she's more an intellectual. She's more like she's great at languages and she studied them. And yeah. the next step, it's 
there's people like this in real life who spend their lives as academics. And then it's like, okay, but now you have to go study. Like if you study archaeology, one day you should go to a dig. It's like, yeah, no field work. Fuck you. Yeah. And some people feel like that. Some people feel like, no, I, I'm excelled in school, but I don't want to go out there. And, and she's that, she's that person. She's that person who's kind of got to get pushed out of the nest and fly now. And I like that. Mm -hmm. And considering she was basically Shanghai into coming on this trip, like bribed, I would say. Yes. And, and I actually liked that. I mentioned it last week. I liked that as a character moment when he's like, we've got Klingon. Have you ever heard <laughs> Klingon? And she's like, fuck, no, I haven't. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I like when someone's excited about their job and the the thing that motivates them is wanting to get better at their job and learn more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a character I want to get to know better, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I like that. And the, the whole arc of this was her learning to overcome her fear and and suck it up and do the job and i hope this is the end of it i hope Mm -hmm. this this episode is what makes her okay now and i feel like star trek has a hard time in the rick berman era well i overall because back in the 60s shows didn't do that at all but uh star trek has a hard time teaching a character a lesson and then having them continue to remember that lesson yeah so we'll we'll see this, the show is more serialized, so hopefully she's learned something. Yeah, hopefully. I guess we'll find out. Like, it'd be nice to have her have, like, a full arc of this show, you know? I Yeah, I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is the arc of her overcoming her space fear, I hope, is over now. And now she yes. can have a different arc is my hope. Ah. Um, but let's go ahead and do my bad thing. I'm not sure if this point came through in my summary, but I don't like Archer at all. Yeah. Most of the decisions he makes seems to be motivated by doing the opposite of what T'Pol wants, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like... I personally am an extremely impatient person by nature. Everyone knows this about me. My motto is measure no times, just fucking cut already. Why are you wasting so much time measuring? And even I understand that he's being super careless and idiotic. Like, slow down for a second, dude. Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. It's not unreasonable to suggest a little fucking caution. It really bugs me when, like... To, they're basically they've come back they found out that the ship's full of dead bodies uh-huh. they come back and T'Pol's suggesting you know this isn't really our business we should get out of here you know like yeah, whatever, whatever killed them could come back for us maybe we I already said we shouldn't go there but I'm not gonna play the I told you so game but maybe we should go now mm-hmm. but like it, so then Archer's Archer leaves Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that night at dinner, he fucking freaks out at the dinner table because he's so mad about her making him leave. Yeah. Dude, she didn't make you do shit, okay? No, she's, she's there in an advisory capacity. This is your mission. She's there to suggest, advise. The Vulcans have been out here before. They know what they're doing. So her advice is worth something. Listen yeah. to her. But, but like, but it's your call. It's your call. End of the day, if you feel guilt, if you want to do something about these fucking, about these dead bodies, you're the captain. Fucking do it. Like, that's your call. You and don't Paul, get to every time, freak every out. time they're in that situation where it, it, he wants to override her, she always says, okay, well, I gave you yeah. the information. Now it's your, like, she never argues with him. Yeah. So it's I just not- find it really, the, the dude is really infuriating. Yeah, and specifically it ties into what we were just talking about because he yells at Hoshi a lot. Yeah. Like he doesn't, there, there's a really interesting thing and I hope this is in the writing. Like I hope this isn't an accident. Like uh, on the bridge, um, he's, uh, they're in a tense situation where she has to communicate with the, the, the second member of this alien race. Like his people have been killed. He thinks they did it. Mm-hmm. And she's got to, she's the only one who can tell him, no, 
we found them like this. We need help. We want to help you. And mm-hmm. she's, it's a real tense moment. She's got to do it quick before they get shot. And Archer's like, tell them this. And he says like a whole complicated paragraph. And then yeah. to Paul says, no, no, what we need to get across is these three words. Just translate these three words and you're good. It's like, she already knows how to handle human panic better than he does. Yeah. And like, she's a Vulcan. What the fuck? Yeah, and no, there's another moment in this one where, like, the basically the 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 guns aren't working. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have phasers yet. They have they have photon torpedoes. I don't know if they have phasers on the ship. Oh, ship yet. phasers? Yeah, I don't think yeah. they do. It's it's oh. cool. They look like rockets. They look like actual missiles instead of just a red dot, which is yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're having trouble firing, and Malcolm's just like, okay, like we got to fight this giant fucking monster spaceship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the aim's still off, and Tapal's just like, well. Fucking do the best you can, yeah, I guess. Gonna, you're going to have to do your best. This is all we can do. And Archie yeah. yells at him. Yeah. Why isn't it working? Well, because I told you we needed time and you said, fuck time. Let's go. Oh, That's my God. Okay. I, so the episode fucking opens with him trying to fix this stuff, this thing, right? It's just like it's it's off by like three millimeters or whatever. It's like, why is that important? Well, it's the choice between hitting the ship and destroying the ship. Like, right. Yeah, if we want to knock out their engines versus blowing up their bridge, we should have better accuracy. This shit's important. But Archer's like, well, you know what's more important? Me driving. Yeah, we need to get, I, we need to see stuff. We're out here to see stuff, and we need to get to the stuff. Like, <laughs> just give it a second. We're... We're not, we're not making good time. What are you, somebody's dad? Yeah, we're not on a, we don't have a fucking, like, itinerary here. I mean, all these people are already, like, being put out by you deciding to just stay here. So yeah. take your time at this point. You're in, you, your mission is to drive until you find stuff. You know what that means? It means you've got time. Yeah, you can space is empty. You can fucking pull out a warp, take some time, and get your fucking ship running properly. Yeah, because... Which it would have been if you hadn't fucking fucking just decided to stay in space. Yeah, if if when you left, like, Earth in the first place, you told Malcolm, hey, we're going to be out here for maybe a year or something, mm-hmm. he probably would have had that shit fixed to begin with. Yeah. So, ugh, just ugh. everything... And I'm really not doing this for a joke. There's nothing yeah. I like about him yet. Like, the dog is it. Mm-hmm. He's got a dog, and there's a cute scene with the dog in the next episode. Those are the only times I've liked Archer so far. And I do like that. I think it's in this episode. The dog, he's pacing in his quarters, and the dog's just pacing with him. Yep, wagging that tail, following and him And I'm watching him just like the best trained dog since Fraser's dog. Is this is this the one with the cheese, or is it the other one? Uh, I think this is the one with the cheese. <laughs> Where the, the the dog, like, he's, uh, the, the captain's eating some cheddar, and he's like, you know, that doesn't agree with you, Porthos. It's a cute mm-hmm. moment. Like, yeah. those are the only times I like Archer so far. And it's not Bacula. I've been thinking about this. He's he's all right so far. I got no problem with the actor. It's it's all in the writing. It's, mm. He's just written to be a dick, and he's doing what's on the page. Yeah. And I don't like that, and I hope it changes. I hope this is an arc where he gets better at this. But right now, I don't like this feeling of not liking the guy in charge. The thing is, I don't get the sense that the show thinks he's a dick. Yeah. Well, like, he's, he's self-righteous, and you think he's he's arguing in favor of what's right, but he's not. He's just being contrary yeah like nobody on the nobody on the ship has ever ever sort of remarks and it's like god the captain's a fucking asshole yeah he is which you know if the if the something like that happened then at least i would know that they're that's how they they're writing him and they mean that to happen yeah but like it seems like they're just like no he's uh what is it tough but fair or whatever yeah he's a straight shooter he wants results from people no he's just yelling is it now is meow meow fuzzy face a loose cannon yeah um, my good thing 
mm-hmm. was uh, well, so far my two favorite non-canine characters are Hoshi and Dr. Flox. Sure. And I like that they're friends. There's a whole thread through here where they're friends. And I hope this isn't just one of those early season one. Let's throw a bunch of characters together and see what works and forget about it later. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope this stays because right now she's a little nervous and like she doesn't feel quite like she belongs here and he's an alien anyway and he's he's excited about different stuff and willing to show anyone who wants to come down and talk to him and like i like that Mm -hmm. and there's this whole sort of it is a little clumsy the slug thing because the slug doesn't belong here it's not in its environment do you get it do you get it yeah Uh we get it but it's still a cute moment like, I, I also like I, I like that fucking one of the first things they wanted to do is get Hoshi a pet. Yeah. I think that's adorable. Yeah, I agree. Um, and they end up leaving it on a planet at the end. And it just reminded me of, you know, the end of that Simpsons episode in Australia, which mm-hmm. referenced a bunch of real life things where you introduce like a, an outside animal into a, a, a foreign ecosystem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's eating all their crops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's an awesome documentary. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it used to be about cane toads, which is mm. actually what that is. Is like it? Ha- I think it happened. Yeah, in someone introduced cane toads to Australia or something, right? Yeah, and just completely decimated the ecosystem. They they wanted to get some bugs, but they did that, and it also messed something else up, which messed something else up, and so mm. on and so on. I think rabbits too, actually. Yeah, Australia because it's an island. Like any anything you bring there. It's not going anywhere. It's not prepared for for what's there because the ecosystem's kind of closed. So maybe that's why, maybe that's why everything there is so fucking deadly. Yeah, it could be to defend to defend it from uh, just weird crap coming over. People who keep and bringing tourists. it over from the bigger continents, probably. Yeah. Hey, we brought some rabbits that probably aren't supposed to be here. Oh yeah. Well, here's an Australian super scorpion. Here's a wolf shark. How about that? <laughs> yeah. But no, With I like spider legs. I like uh, I like Hoshi and Flox being friends, and I hope that continues. Flox, yeah. is, he's he's still weird. Like, there's this great scene in the mess hall where he's talking to Trip, and he's like, uh, "I think that those two over there, I think they're about to start mating. I wonder if they'd let me watch." And it wasn't a creepy sex thing; it was totally science. Like, it was like I've never seen two humans mate before. I wonder if I could watch and take notes. I was thinking about this actually, and I realized Flox is Neelix done right. Uh, yeah. I The thing is, we've talked about his similarity to Neelix. I think he's different enough that I don't even want to make that comparison anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you're fair. not wrong. You just don't want to talk about Neelix anymore, that's it, which yeah, I that's understand. exactly right. We're not going to talk about Neelix. In fact, we're going to leave Neelix out of this. <laughs> if you get that reference, I will be impressed. I don't know what that's from. Uh, it's from Firewalk With Me. It's David Bowie's terrible, terrible American accent. Oh, God, I haven't seen Firewalk With Me in years. Uh, well, you should if you're watching new Twin Peaks. I, I'm aware. Um, I, I am, I'm not there in old Twin Peaks yet. Fair enough. Uh, what was your good thing about this episode? Uh, 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 where the hell is my note? Uh, here we go. Uh, for a show that was mostly about running away from and then to returning to look at dead bodies, I actually found this one super intriguing. Like, very interested in those dangle bodies. Yeah, I thought, um, I thought the actual device of dangle bodies was a little hacky, but but what happened to them was pretty interesting. The, the the thing is, it's not always, you know, I've watched a lot of TV now. It's not always easy to get my interest in, like, a mysterious ship. But I'm, you know, I, I kind of got in there. I'm like, I want to know what's going on with this ship. What, why isn't it responding? Why are they getting life signs? What's going on? Yep. No, you're no right. that was real cool. I also love the, the big alien ship that shows up at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I love that we never actually see the evil aliens that are on it. Yeah, we don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. 
We have no idea who these uh, who these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, their ship looks very late movies Romulan to me, like that sort of like it looks very nemesisy. Yeah. Um. No, it's but, it's it's pretty cool, and I think I don't know that it's meant to be Romulan, especially back in these days. I think mm. it's more like we need something that definitely says this overpowers the Enterprise, and yeah, it did. Um, oh man, that fight is great. They shoot a photon torpedo. At, uh, <laughs> they shoot a fo- shoot a photon torpedo. I can speak English uh-huh. at it, and it just donks off their shield. <laughs> yeah, it's real sad. Just dunk. Oh, that didn't work. Well, shoot him again. Do it better this time. It'd be like the story of David and Goliath. If the rock hit Goliath and he go, ow. And then just <laughs> keep doing what he's doing. Don't throw rocks at me. Yeah. Ow. Who raised you? <laughs> no, it, it like, there's not a lot of plot. It's mostly character driven. And that's always my preference. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've said before, Brandon Braga, like for all my problems with him, one of the things he absolutely does right is quiet character moments. Usually two characters doing their job and chatting. And there's a bunch of like the first half of this episode. Yeah. Is like, uh, Flox and Hoshi and then Flox and trip. And then I think Travis and Malcolm, like just different pairings of characters hanging out and chatting. And there's a little bit of exposition, but mostly it's character stuff. And he's pretty mm. good at that. And there's a lot of good moments where I feel like I'm starting to get to know these guys, not quite there yet, but getting there. And also early on, I remember getting irritated about this as season one goes on. But for now, the sense of wonder thing, the fact that mm-hmm. these guys are really hitting hard, we're the first ones out here, we're seeing this stuff for the first time, is still pretty new and cool. Like, yeah. I remember and, a year in, they're still doing it. I'm like, Ugh, enough already. But And that's the thing, yeah. I think that's the thing that you need to do if you're doing a, a Star Trek uh, No, it justifies doing this prequel. Is yeah, Okay, it, let's have them be really excited about it and not just have it be another day at the office. Yeah, like this is in the next episode, but like when they when they arrive at the planet at the beginning of the next episode, like everyone mm-hmm. rushes to the windows to just look out at it because like, yeah. wow, a planet that isn't Earth. Everyone with Travis has never seen this before. Yeah, we, this is awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic. And yeah, again, I and I could be remembering wrong, but I think this is one of the reasons I finally turned it off was the novelty. Like, OK, they're not going to be wide eyed and excited about every damn thing a year into the mission. They're just well, not. I mean, it depends on whether they're seeing new th- things or just like, wow, another planet we've never been to. No, it is like if you're still... finding planets every week, fucking knock it off. But if it's yeah. like, oh, shit, this alien race fucking eats with a straw for a nose or something like that. That's mm-hmm. cool. I guess. You probably do better than straw for a nose. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen Star Trek's budget. I think that's the best you're going to get. No, they honestly the alien design on the um, the corpse aliens was good. Oh yeah, and the dude that showed like the the friendly corpse alien at the end of the episode mm-hmm. who shows up looks real good too. Also, these guys apparently are known as the Axonar, which I don't like. I'm sure it's intentionally tied to you know like like that fan film that that infamous mm. fan film. I'm sure it's called Axonar for a reason. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that reason is, but it's kind of cool that that's what these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I I honestly legit, I said this before and I'll probably say it again. I like that Hoshi's job is so important. Like, it's not just Uhura answering the phones. It's like, no, we've never met any of these aliens. The universal translator we have kind of sucks. And yeah. we need someone who can, re- like, do this stuff in real time with common sense. It's mm-hmm. I like it. I like that she saves the day by being a linguist that's a cool idea idea you know like yep she's a she's an action like she's an action intellectual yeah it's great yeah i like it uh what else uh, what else 
looking at my there notes. A, there was a moment with Archer that I kind of liked where uh, they open the hailing frequencies for the first time on the derelict ship before they know they're not getting an answer. And it's like, he knows... Like, a lot, there's a lot of, we know we're setting the precedent. We know a lot of the stuff we do here is going to be for the first time, and other ships are going to have to follow our example. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, we're, uh, we we come in p- peace, we're from, our, he's like stumbling, oh, hmm. <laughs> What's, like, because it's interesting to us having seen hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Captain saying, we represent Earth, we, you, do you need assistance, whatever. Like, we come in peace seeing, for all mankind. Yeah, someone having to say that for the first time, and they kind of played that nice, where he's like, um, we're exploring? Hello? <laughs> like, he was a little awkward on purpose, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, Just a lot of me yelling at that Archer. Yeah, I don't care for him no. very much. No, me neither. Yet. Uh, that's all uh, I have. Oh, 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 I love yeah. the fucking, um, the docking sequence in this. Oh, yeah, they dock upside down. Which you would not think would be exciting, but is, um, is, they basically, like, they, there's a shot where they dock upside down. There's also a great shot when they're being, when they're being attacked by the aliens. and oh, they and have they're coming to back go th- to Enterprise. They're coming back to Enterprise, and they have to go through this slow fucking docking procedure as the 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 docking arm slowly comes out of the ship, and it's it's a great way to sort of do do uh, tension in the middle of a battle. Yeah, no, this episode was paced very well. Yeah, because like we can't just fly the ship into the, like into the into the ship. Uh huh. Like we don't. Have the no, we don't have an open yet. shuttle bay, and we don't have uh, uh, shields yet. Like force fields make that possible, and I don't think mm-hmm. they have that technology yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. We basically have to drain all the air out of the fucking room and yeah, you have back to have an the thing in. And you have to, yeah. That's a it's whole great. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, they're fucking shooting at them. And they mm-hmm. fall off at one point. It's awesome. Yeah. No, and the simple fact that they dock upside down, like finally acknowledging there's no up in space, that's been a mm-hmm. complaint of mine from minute one. Like, and I think in the 60s it was, well, audiences wouldn't understand. Yeah, well, you know what? By 2001, I think they would. Yeah, no, people got it. Mm-hmm. There's also a great, uh, when they're exploring the ship, they, uh, 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 Hoshi and I think Reed, maybe Tucker, I don't know, but, uh, they're talking and, uh, uh, Hoshi goes, well, at least we know that they're bipeds. What gives you that idea? There's a ladder right there. First canonical, like, uh, uh, chronological appearance of a freestanding ladder. But I just, I, I just like that as, it's okay, we yeah, don't know logic. anything about these guys. Well, where do they live? There's a ladder right there. So clearly they use ladders, which means they have arms and legs. Yeah. No, I like that. I like she probably thinks of stuff like that. Yeah. Like as a as a linguist, like as a as a person who thinks in sociological terms of like mm-hmm. the logic of a of a cult of a culture. There should be a xenobiologist or like a xeno sociologist, like people who think about that stuff, too. But yeah, but it makes sense. She'd be thinking about that stuff. Mm. It's like and the ceilings are, are this tall. So clearly we know how tall they are. Yeah, they can't be two feet taller. Why? Why would they do this? You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you got an alternate title? I do have an alternate title. I realize these are both. Uh, I realize these are both basically horror movies for some reason. So oh, yeah, they are. I called this one "Curse of the Dangling Corpse Cruiser from Beyond the Moon." Yeah, that's about right. Uh, I went with Archer v. DePaul, or excuse me, Archer v. DePaul, Dawn of. <sighs> yeah, uh, and my quote. Uh, yes. Was uh, right after Hoshi starts panicking, and uh, she's trying to run away, and Archer's like, "But, but you need to stay. We need a translator." And she says this. Hoshi, we 
which in context is funny because there's just a bunch of dead bodies. And they're, they're not talking anymore, you idiot. You dumb idiot. Yeah, dumb squinty idiot. <laughs> Why don't you just go do nothing because you have no characteristics I can even latch on to make fun of. What about that? Did you go walk your dog? There you go. Fucking Probably dog. needs a walk. Walking the dog. All right. Uh, ready with the next one? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Strange New World. Well, that's an interesting title. So after three, ep- uh huh. So after three episodes of dicking around in space, the old NX finally finds a habitable planet to check out. Now, T'Pol wants to send some probes down to make sure that the wind isn't full of poisonous spores that'll make the human members of the crew frightened and paranoid. But Captain Archie needs to take his dog for walkies, so fuck that. An- so fuck that shit. After some sightseeing, T'Pol requests a small team to be left behind so that she can continue researching. Trip and Travis also stick around. I think Trip is trying to make Travis his Harry Kim. Anyway, a wind full of poisonous spores that makes the human members of the crew frightened and paranoid blows in, steals the tents, and sends out the crew running for some very scary caves. Archie and Malcolm attempt to rescue a mission, but retreat when the captain drives into a mountain. Whoops. So meanwhile, Tucker starts freaking out and yelling about ever-loving blue-eyed rock people and waving a gun around, endearing himself to both T'Pol and us, the audience. Why does Star Trek insist on making episodes about the crew's personality changing before we have a chance to know what those personalities actually are? Anyway, eventually T'Pol contacts Archie and the two of them are able to talk Tucker down with a combination of lying and shooting him in the face, as these two things solve most problems. You really think Captain Archie's going to catch on, huh? I'm going to try. I mean, everything is Archie. Yeah, think about it. Him flying through space in his old jalopy. So I guess that may... Well, see, I don't know, because he's not the one with the dog. Jughead's the one with the dog. That's true. Archie has a dog. Does he? Yeah. What's his dog's I've, name? Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, see, Jughead has hot dog. I know that I know that in uh, Afterlife with Archie, it's Vegas. Oh. No, I mean but, standard um, classic Archie. I think little Archie had Scrappy? Yeah, Scraps, I think, or something like scraps that. Scraps or something? Yeah, but that's Lil Archie. That, long, that dog is long dead. Yeah, exactly. All right, so maybe Archie doesn't have a dog. I mean, he's got the eyebrows to be Archie, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Big. And Archie yeah. does squint at things. Yeah, sometimes. I, I he's don't, been known to. I don't think Archer is nearly as good with the women as, as Archie is. I don't think there's a love oh, triangle for him because women don't care about no. him. No. <laughs> yeah. But that does make Tucker Jughead, which I'm fine with. Uh, that's okay. Wait, or Tucker Reggie? or or Trip? Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I he was a jerk in this one too. Oh God, yeah. Just like Just Captain, we should be around. careful about going to the planet. No, let's go to the planet. Ugh, God damn it! Fucking okay. This episode starts with uh, them finding this planet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, to uh, Paul's like, okay, we're gonna send some probes down. We don't know any like we don't know anything about this planet. We know that it's habitable, but we don't know anything else. Also, why would you assume you could just breathe there normally? Maybe we should look first. I mean, that's like they can, the, the sensors tell them that they can breathe, but like that's and all actually, it tells them. Actually, we get uh, a breathe. This is this is subtle, and I, I don't hate this. Uh, quick little secret origin of M class because uh, the Vulcan classification they call it I think Minshara class, and mm. so going forward now they'll just say M class. I kind of like that. All right, that's cool. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but, like, we don't know anything else. Like, we don't know if there's any, what the diseases on this planet are. Like, all we know is we is that it's habitable by, mm-hmm. like... By Vulcan standards. By Vulcan standards. Uh-huh. So, like, T'Pol's like, okay, send some probes down or whatever. 
and we don't have like, time for probes. Well, listen, listen, we didn't come all the way out here to not walk around on a dangerous planet. She didn't even say don't do it. She's like, just pause for a moment. Like, legit, is the is the Enterprise motto "Shut up, stupid Vulcan"? Yes, yes, it actually is. I mean, they put it in Latin, so it sounds classy, but that's sure. that's what it is. Ugh. Yeah. Just just put it over the fucking Star Trek logo. Shut uh-huh. up, you stupid Vulcan. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. And then and you of, get Trip yelling at her for most of the episode. And so, of course, she's fucking right. Uh, again. Like, I have no opinion of the character yet, but I'm pretty much always taking her side three weeks in a row now. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, like... Yeah, you could do this kind of crap in like New Trek because we had the sensors and stuff. We could tell this crap instantly. But this is the first fucking planet that humans have discovered on this mission. And you just walk right out and have a fucking picnic. Yep. I I will say the shuttle, uh, the shuttle pod door opens and uh, uh, Porthos runs out and you just get a shot of a beagle frolicking in a field. And that is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say I do enjoy the actual, like, the beginning of the episode where they're exploring the planet, and there's some great shots of the planet. There's a there's a shot of a dude just standing in the middle of a field, like, looking off at some mountains in the distance. It's really cool. Yeah, it looks a little fakey, but on, on the other hand, it doesn't look like planet hell. It looks like natural light. It looks like they yeah. actually went to a place. And actually, this is my good thing. They mm. seem to be making more of an attempt to make planets look more alien. Like, yeah, they're clearly at a public park or something, but there were nice little touches. There were little uh, alien eel things in the water, and they looked up, and there's, like, two moons, and, like, just subtle little things. The, the fireflies at night, like, there were things that made it not look like every, like, the Gorn Rocks again, you mm-hmm. know? And and I like that. I like that an alien planet feels a little bit alien. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. And we should be getting that. I mean, they might not have the full budget that, like, Star Trek Beyond did. Like, the movie, or the, the planet they spent most of that movie on, they went all out and made, like, the, the plants weird colors and weird yeah. stuff blowing through the air and all that. But uh, they, they do what they can here, and I like Yeah. It. They tried. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah, I'm so sick of planet hell. That said, they spent uh-huh. the second half of this episode in those fucking papier-mâché caves again. Yeah, they sure did. And maybe it was an actual cave, but they didn't shoot it. Like, they shot it so that it looked fake if it was real. And I'm pretty sure mm. it was fake. It was a pretty fake-looking cave. It looked like the same damn cave we've been in a million times, is my point. Yeah. So, yeah. Fucking just running through a cave. Again. Uh-huh. Still. Uh, what was your good thing? We started this episode with a couple of randos who basically stick around for the rest of the episode. So we can have some people in actual danger who aren't in the opening credits. And I like both of them. I don't know either of their names. I think one of them is named Ethan. Yeah, I think the dude was Ethan. I don't remember the, the lady. Ethan and girl. Uh-huh. But, like, I I liked both of them. Um, I hope we see them again because, like, this is our smallest. This is the smallest crew we've ever had on, on yeah, it's Star Trek. Like ninety-seven people, they said. Yeah, yeah. So it would be really nice if we had some reoccurring guys show up every now and then. It wasn't just like the core. Well, Memory Alpha four, says this five. is the first appearance of these two, so presumably that means they will have other appearances. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, Archer, Paul Trip, or possibly Travis. Mm-hmm. Or, or po- five? Is it five guys? I Might be five guys. Uh, but five yeah. guys, burgers, and Enterprise. Yeah. No, I, I I did enjoy that, and I liked um, uh, this is a this is a behind the scenes thing, and I'll give Scott Bakula credit for this. They were going to kill off, I believe his name is Ethan. Yes, um, they beam him back up from the planet, and because they're they're using the transporter and they shouldn't, uh, they fucking brundle fly him with some of the local flora, 
Yeah, Brund- uh, Brundleflora. Yeah, exactly. So he's like he's Swamp Thing now. He's got weird yeah. shit growing out of him, and, and <laughs> he's like, oh, this this isn't great. And uh, but beyond that, he's also dying from these spores. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know they were gonna kill him. And Archer, uh, uh, no, um, uh, Bacula said, you know what? The crew is small. Also, it would be a huge deal for them to lose their first guy, and there's no room in this story for us to mourn that. Like, yeah. we need to make a big deal when we kill our first guy. And it's like, you know what? That's good. Good note. Good job. Like, I agree. Yeah. With you no, there. that's absolutely right. Like, I like it was like we don't want Carrie over again. Like, well, he's dead. Whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was the thing with earlier Voyager was that like it. If you, you know, you go back and watch it. They didn't kill too many people, and it was usually a pretty big deal when they did. Yeah. It should be a big deal on every show always, but, you know. Mm-hmm. But it isn't. Fucking. No, especially with the old red shirts joke. Like, you should be aware of that, <laughs> yeah. and you should make a big deal. The thing is, but on the other hand, I didn't know if these guys were going to die, and that was nice. We got to know them for a minute, mm-hmm. and then I didn't know if they were going to kill them, because they could be red shirts. Who knows? These could yeah. be history's first red shirts. <clears throat> and I mean, cool. technically, they were blue They were blue piping shirts. Uh, everyone wears blue shirts, ever, always, ever, because, God forbid, we have a color. But that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a separate rant for another time. Um, But no, I liked that, and I liked that they were vaguely likable, mm-hmm. and we didn't know if, like, we had no idea. There was actually some stakes, because we didn't know if they were going to live or die, and that was cool. Um... What was your bad thing? I call this episode the second Travis sees a dude running around in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so done with shows where everyone gets real paranoid and starts pointing guns at each other. Guys, we have The Thing and Reservoir Dogs. We fucking perfected that shit. Like, we did, we nailed it. Also, Not Star the- Trek's done this a million times, too. Exactly! Fucking... What was the episode? God damn. There's well, it reminded a me a lot of uh, Galileo 7 without the fucking... Where just everyone turns on the Vulcan. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like, it, this has happened in every Star Trek. Yeah, it has. And I'm so done with that. I'm so done with fucking us starting off with these characters having, like, not even knowing these characters' personalities, and we drastically start changing them, well, you this know? Well, this was the problem we had back in Next Gen with the Naked Now. It was like episode two, mm. uh, everyone's different. How do we know that? We don't yeah. know that Tasha and Data Fuck won't it. hook up every week. That seems normal as far as I know. Yeah. Fuck, like, I'm just getting used to these characters. Like, I'm maybe starting to like Tucker a bit more, or... Yes, Tucker. God damn, that's going to bug me. <laughs> and, f- like, he's tur- you spend half this episode with him raving and waving a gun into Paul's face. Like, this does not endear me to him. No, he he was starting to become likable for me as well, and he undid all the goodwill in this episode. And I know he was possessed by a flower or whatever the fuck, but... <laughs> that's what happened, but, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, possessed by a flower. Uh-huh. And it's but like, like it, yeah, already I've only seen like three hours of this show and already he irritates me. Yeah, but like I, I'm going to look at this episode. I'm not going to remember that a flower possessed him. All I'm going to remember is that he's fucking was acting like a fucking maniac. Waving a gun in her face. Yeah. And she was reasonable for most of the time. I guess yeah, she was, you know, she actually uh, to Paul does a real good job of and I mean, she's supposed to be under the effect of the spores, too. She does a real good job of being frightened and still being a Vulcan. Yeah. Vulcaning that shit down like you do. Yeah. No, um, she there's a point that I actually really like where she almost where she almost loses it at him and mm-hmm. completely understandably. Yeah. 
No, because on the one hand, she's also possessed by a flower, but on the other hand, she's got the added stress of someone threatening her life. Uh-huh. So, you know. And trying and to... Really, this is my bad thing. Three mm. episodes in, and we're already doing Braga-style boogity shit. We're already doing, oh, there's monsters in the cave, and there's, like, because it's rock monsters, and, like, creatures you see out of your peripheral vision, and, ugh. Just, mm-hmm. ugh, just stop it. Can't Knock just, it off. Can't you just look at a thing and have it be the thing you're looking at? Just mm-hmm. once? No, it's got to be some hidden... Nope. Uh, well, shut up. Nope, evil rock people crawling out of the walls. Memory Alpha pointed out that uh, rock, hey. mo- rock monsters were a discarded concept from Star Trek V, so that tells you everything you need to know about this episode. Uh-huh. Wasn't good enough for Star Cut Trek V, and it made it in here. Personally, I enjoy a good rock monster now and again. Uh, Punch Doctor Doom in the face. Yeah, in a, in a Marvel movie, that's fine. In Star Trek, less so. <laughs> hey there, Racha. No, uh, no, a friendly rock guy. That's different. The thing, or uh, they look like big, strong hands, don't they? That that would be. Right. <laughs> but no, not a monster. That's that's where. Do you have a, have a loving blue-eyed idol of millions, Captain Racha. Yeah, I mean, he'd make a better captain too. Oh, God, yes. I'd watch that show in a minute. But, I mean, Porthos would make a better captain, let's be honest. Uh-huh. I would watch I'd that. watch The Thing and Porthos go into space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, God oh. damn it, now that's all I want to watch. <laughs> Hanging out with this here dog. Uh, what else? Um, hmm. Just me this yelling fir- Archer. This is officially, I, I tweeted a picture of this. This is the, officially the first episode of Enterprise that had a... Yeah, this notes. is, as you pointed out in your bad thing, this is one of those deals where we figured out what was going on pretty early on, and it just went on and on and on like that. Yep. And no, just like stop. half an hour of the 45, or the 45 minutes of this episode is fucking yeah. rambling in the cave. Oh, here's, here's the thing we disagreed on. Um... At mm. one point, they're camping, and Travis is uh, around the uh, campfire telling a ghost story, which I wanted to throw something on my TV, and you you seem to like that. Oh, I like that. I uh, I like tra- I, li- I like it coming from Travis, the guy who's been out here. Well, I like that the old timer is a kid. That part I like. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the actual trope of the ghost story around the campfire. Like, in another show, that's okay. In Star Trek, it's like, ugh, this is so stupid. No, I thought that was great. I did not. <laughs> And there on the handle yeah. of the airlock was, was a hook. Was my letterman's jacket. Boo. Ugh. That's just not Star Trek to me. I'm sorry. And then he realized that the Klingon wasn't trying to kill her. He was trying to warn her about the Romulan in the back seat. <laughs> Wearing his letterman's jacket. I don't know where the Whoa. letterman's jacket comes from, but there you go. But Al, that Ferengi died 20 years ago this <laughs> very night. We, don't, we haven't met Ferengi yet, except we're still going to anyway. We'll, we'll Tell them large right Borg now. sent you. Large, my large. Ah, good times. Yeah, better times than this episode, anyway. Sure. Uh, oh, I liked uh, you. You pointed out that uh, yeah, in the last episode, Hoshi being one of the only women and being scared is not great. They did turn that around a little here because the two red shirts. The dude was freaking out, and the chick just slept. Like, she's in the tent, and she's like, uh, stop yelling, I'm sleeping. I think I heard a guy out there. No, you didn't. No. Go back to sleep, Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was nice. Sorry, Bert. I like her so far. Yeah. Not enough to remember her name, apparently. 
But I don't think they ever said it. No. I could be wrong. No, but, they definitely uh, said it. I probably wasn't paying attention. Ethan and you. Mm-hmm. E- e- Lady. Yeah. Ethan. Eth- Ethel. Ethel. There you go. Ethan there you Ethel. go. Yeah. They're twins. They got similar names. I really hope that in the same way that we've evolved beyond uh, crime and war, we've evolved beyond the, na- the name Ethel. I don't know. If the captain's Archie, there's got to be an Ethel somewhere. I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, here um, comes Big Ethel. So there's a there's a pretty cool bit near the end. Like I don't like all the paranoid crap. I just I don't. Mm-hmm. But I do like the clever. And again, Hoshi saves the day again. Three in mm-hmm. a row. Uh, in fairness, in in the pilot, she contributed to saving the day with a bunch of other people. But two in a row, she where she's the one who saved the day. Yep. Like straight up. Um, because uh, and and they compare this to actual like dementia and stuff when people who learn another language sometimes revert back to their original language. Oh sure, Which, yeah. That actually makes sense to me. Like if 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 English is your second language, sometimes you think in your original language. So mm. she probably thinks in Vulcan, and so when her mind starts going a little, she probably starts speaking Vulcan. That that all tracked with me. And yeah, um, they on the ship they understand what's going on and they want to get her a message and not have Trip understand it. So Hoshi says in Vulcan. Uh, hey, we're going to trick him into doing this, and then you need to stun his ass. And mm-hmm. I like that. And also, we haven't heard a lot of Vulcan spoken out loud before, like a couple of lines here and there, but there's a, there's a lot of it in this. I like the sound of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they like put it's... as much work into it as they have with Klingon, but I hope we get more in this series, because I like the sound mm-hmm. of it so far. I'm surprised it honestly took us this long to get to, like, more Vulcan. We've gotten a little, like, in Star Trek Three when they when they went to re- reunite Spock's uh, mm-hmm. brain with his body. Like, the the priestess speak, spoke Vulcan, I know. Sure. And there's a couple other moments like that. But this is, you know, the first Vulcan character who has a reason to speak Vulcan and not want to assimilate. True. So, hopefully we'll get more. I, like I say, I like the sound of it. It sounds, um... I don't know what it sounds like, but it's it's it, def- it, it doesn't it definitely sound like, sound like Vulcan. You no, know, it doesn't sound like Klingon. Yeah, I like that. Like it's a different fake language, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, my quote mm-hmm. is a great scene where Travis fights a bug. Not Travis. Ta- God damn it! <laughs> There's something in my bag. Give me your boot. What for? So I can squash it. Are we allowed to squash alien life forms? If they're inside your sleeping bag. What the fuck is with this show in T names? Fucking Trip Tucker, Tapal, Travis. Fucking knock it off. I feel like my dad. <laughs> well, Tapal helps because, one, she's a Vulcan woman. You're probably not going to confuse her with all the human men. You'd think. And there's an apostrophe in it. So that, that helps too. Fucking Trip Travis. Fuck you. <laughs> Trip Travis. Trip Travis, there's someone walking on my bridge. Just call it Star Travis. Ugh. Uh, Damn it, Enterprise. <laughs> what else? Fucking this shit ain't hard. I mean, it's a whole lot of names to choose from. I was reading. Um, at one point, Trip's name was Charlie, and then it was Spike. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't Spike. Yeah, that's that's in memory alpha. That's, that's like, oh fuck! This was based on like you know years old like uh, first drafts of the script. Like it was, it probably was. This is a placeholder. Come up with a better name later. 
Spike, also known as Tucker the Bloody because of his bloody awful poetry. <laughs> Effulgent. <laughs> yep. Oh, fuck. Out for a walk, bitch. <laughs> oh, it sounds so much worse with that accent. Uh, I know. I'm a friend of Xander's oh. here. <laughs> Better. That's all, the, all the spike lines I can think of at the moment. Okay. Uh, Don't I know you from somewhere? Uh, you were th- you were threatening me. You were threatening me with an axe. Remember, get away from my daughter. Oh, right. My name's Randy Giles. <laughs> Why'd she just call me Horny Giles? Cha cha cha. All right. Anything else? You made a bear. You're just gonna quote Buffy and. Southern I mean, yeah, basically. Okay, fair enough. I'd go all night. Well, I I see that and I counter with bored now. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, that's all the stuff I have. Yeah, that's everything I got. All right, we did. Did we do? Yeah, we did your quote. It was scared of a bug. Yep. Got to be scared of a bug. Uh, what was your What was your alternate title? Oh yeah. Um. Let's. <laughs> Uh, let's scare the Enterprise crew to death! Exclamation point. Also based on a uh, on a horror movie title. Oh, I I that sounds like a Goosebumps title to me. No, uh, let's scare Jessica to death. It was called. Ah, very well. It's uh, a and, 70s movie, I think. And mine, uh, because it reminded me of the spores that made everyone uh, uh, emotional in that original series episode. Uh, I, I I thought I told you I was not going back, Jim. <laughs> I'm not going back, Jim. Yeah, he never actually said that. I'm. <laughs> All right. I never said I wasn't going back, Jim. Not me. I want to go back and trip balls. <laughs> I want to go back and trip Tucker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm traversing balls. <laughs> All right, that's all for this time. Uh, I wanted to throw in a quick plug. Uh, my wife Amanda and I, she is frequently a guest on this very program, mm-hmm. uh, have started a new podcast uh, because I don't have you know enough podcasts yet. <laughs> I want to have more podcasts. Put them all. Gotta have more podcasts. No, it will be basically um, we. She and I decided we need to get out of the house a little more, do things, experience life's sure. great bounty, and uh, uh-huh. assign it a sterile uh, numeric rating. So. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yep. Uh, it's, it's called We're Trying, um, and the pun is definitely intended. We, we understand there is a double meaning there. It was deliberate. <laughs> we are trying. Um, it's at we'retrying.com. It's on iTunes. Check it out. It's, it's a short show. It's just us talking about stuff, we're, new things, new experiences. Yep. I listened to it, and I enjoyed it. Oh, well, see, there you go. P- the Post-Anomic Horror Zone, Matt Robotham. It gives yep. it, uh, uh, you get to rate it from 1 to 10. That's how we do on that show. Uh, iTunes is one to five, so yeah, yeah. We didn't want we didn't want to come off too much like a review with Forrest McNeil, so you know. <laughs> but is it any good? <laughs> so check that out. Uh, also, hopefully soon, I will have some news about shirts. Uh, have finally have a line on someone who might be able to make T-shirts that are decent quality and affordable. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, I'll have some news about that soon. Pretty excited yeah. about that. Um, and that's all for this week. So next week, maybe I'll continue hating Captain Archer. Maybe I won't. We'll, we'll see. It seems likely. Yeah, yeah, it does. So yeah, rem- uh, d- r- review us on iTunes. Sure, whatever. Uh, see you, folks. 
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. Mm-hmm.